Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. We've talked about this before, Angel, but you have, how you can say, a bit of a sweet tooth. You love you some candy, whether it be Mandy Moore's breakout pop song candy or just a sugary treat, you are going to consume it like no other. However, you are a hardened connoisseur of objectively the worst candy ever made, black licorice. Why is there something wrong with your brain that makes you like black licorice? Okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with my brain. Black licorice is... Riddled with worms if you like black licorice. (laughs) You are insulting a whole slew of countries that enjoy black licorice. All seven people of you that like it. Listen, it's a delicacy in Sweden, (laughs) and you're hating on all of the Swedes, and I I have to now go make amends with them and and (laughs) on your behalf. Do do you remember the first time you had it, and was it like, yes, I want more of this? (laughs) Like, what was going through your head? Or what, what do you think when you eat black licorice, if you don't remember that time? I'll tell you this. I had black licorice the first time, and I couldn't tell what it was supposed to be. It it was kind of sweet, kind of salty, and that distinctly licorice flavor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hate this so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the things, I don't know if you know this about me, but one of the things that I can't stand is when I hate food. And I will continue to eat it until I like it. No, you for so you forced yourself to become one with black licorice. <laughs> yes. How long did that take? Um, it comes and goes. It's still happening. <laughs> it's still a work in progress. <laughs> so since we had so much fun with the King of the Monsters movie tournament and Halloween Angel is fast approaching, combined with your insidious taste buds. I figured I would run you through the a new gauntlet. This time around, you will decide the best Halloween candy. But this is a different kind of tournament, Angel. I present you with the horrible Halloween candy classic, a single elimination tournament to decide the best of the absolute worst Halloween candies. Are you ready to make the definitive answer on the best of the worst candy? Most definitively, yes. <laughs> yes. So this is the Horrible Halloween Candy Classic, a grouping uh, in total of 10 candies. So I will leave it up to you to decide how um, how you want to you know, decide going forward. So these are all objectively bad candies. Objectively bad candies. <laughs> and you must decide which That's one your is opinion. the... <laughs> which one is the best... Of the best tasting, I suppose, or best overall candy. First up in the first grouping, we have peanut butter kisses. So those are like the candies in those black and orange wax papers. It's supposed to taste like peanut butter. It's like one of the quintessential Halloween candies. There's no label on it. It just looks like some person dumped it into your Halloween candy sack. And like they found it in another Halloween candy sack from like... 50 years ago, and they said, this is good to pass on to a kid now. So we got peanut butter kisses against candy corn. Candy corn. Well, I 
think I know what, what the peanut butter kisses you're referring to are. And if it's the one that I'm thinking, it's, I would prefer razors in my candy. <laughs> in your peanut butter kisses. <laughs> they're, oh, they're, uh, they're god awful. And like the wax paper never comes off yep. right. Yep. They taste like my they were make, made a millennia ago. <laughs> like some factory made them. They made enough for a century's worth and we're still going through them. <laughs> yeah, they're just sitting in people's houses waiting to be distributed until finally they finish. I've never seen them for sale. I've, Somehow people get them. <laughs> I've never seen them eaten either. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're just passed around until the end of time. I've I've eaten them like when the bag starts getting desperate. <laughs> back in the day and like oh, I I got it I got to eat it the, the, I got to eat all my candy the first time I ate them was when I first got them and I'm like these don't taste good what is this and I'll never eat them again <laughs> Are you saying then candy corns the better most definitely yes Do do you like candy corn I actually do like candy corn Do you like can the pumpkins better than candy corn Oh man the pumpkins I forgot about those I don't remember. Pumpkins are better than the candy corn, 100%. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> so candy corn goes on to the next round over peanut butter kisses. Their next one is good and plenty, good and plenty. I think it's like white and purple <laughs> pieces of tar <laughs> or pieces of plastic against whoppers. Whoppers. Oh, God, these are... They're so bad, all of them. Whoppers just, oh, I mean, get them out of my mouth. Not my God, they're horrible. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Good and plenty's aren't great either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the flavor is supposed to be. <laughs> <I'd>, Plastic. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna go with whoppers just because they look some like something I would want to put in my mouth. Yeah, whoppers at least look appetizing, and then you eat one, and it like breaks in your mouth, and it's like, a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so whoppers goes ahead. Next up, we have bit o honey, bit o honey against Nico wafers, Nico wafers. So bit o honey, a got a little bee on it. They're yellow and red in the wrapper, hard as a damn rock. Good luck eating it versus the Nico wafer, uh, the absolute like quintessential candy. I think it's been around for like 170 years, and I think they just recently closed. <laughs> you know, I think it was around the time of like James Polk was president, and the, the candy was out. <laughs> you know, I, I when you say the names, I don't recognize them, and then I see the picture, and I'm like, oh, these things. They're just like little, like slightly colored wafers, <laughs> but uh, I guess if you're selling chalk as a wafer, sure. Ah <laughs> uh, man, the I was gonna say at first I was gonna say the bit of honey. I it's this, despite the taffy like quality, I am a fan of chewing, but and ripping your teeth out <laughs> as you chew. Yes. <laughs> But at the same time, a, a wafer might just be, just get finished much quicker, and you don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with the wafers. Wow, really? Okay. <laughs> or bit though, honey. 
we have dots, dots, against candy buttons, candy buttons. Oh, God, no. So candy buttons are the things that come on like a sheet of paper, like just a piece of cardstock. You got some little candy bits against dots, which are, I think, supposed to be like gummies. Gumdrops. They are, um, you know, rocks. I... I've never had candy buttons. Oh, good for you. I I have had dots. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and just based on that, I'm going to go with the buttons. <laughs> uh, you know, so dots are that bad, you think? Yes. I I knew um dots are used in like school crafts and not even the kids want to <laughs> eat it at the end. It's like you got to make you gotta make a snowman. Where are the dots? Get get the black licorice dot out. <laughs> I'm sure there is one. It's been a long time since that dots. And in our final matchup, we have ring pops, ring pops, versus circus peanuts. Circus peanuts. Oh my god. So circus peanuts are the like marshmallow peanut. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have to say much more? And then ring pops, of course, the pop that goes on your finger. I had a weird childhood. I had a yeah. weird childhood. I love my 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 circus peanuts. No. Yeah. Yep. I gotta go with the peanut. <laughs> In I, what scenario I, were you getting circus peanuts multiple times as a child? I. It was. It wasn't a Halloween thing. It was just. That's what uh, I mean. We we get some circus peanuts. We buy it at the store, and I'm like, I want my peanuts today. Mom, give me some peanuts. I'm Jones and for circus peanuts, mom. <laughs> yep. When was the last time you had them? When I was a child. No, oh. I don't. They stopped buying them, and then I just forgot. Well, now <laughs> you're gonna be hankering tomorrow for some circus peanuts. So, and to the, the top of the. Bracket here, candy corn versus Whoppers. Man, this is going to be easy for me. Candy corn is just going to keep making its way. (laughs) So candy corn over Whoppers? Oh, yeah. I see a flaw in the tournament. There's not enough (laughs) candies, but now it is uh, Nico Nico Wafers versus Candy Buttons. Oh, God. Again, I've never had the buttons, so they're going to (laughs) go... They're gonna move forward. <laughs> Candy buttons might be the thing that wins, and you've never had it. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's the best of the worst, because <laughs> I've never had it. Because of flaw in the tournament, we have a um, circus peanuts had a buy in that round, so it would now be circus peanuts versus candy buttons. No question. Because I've never had candy buttons before, but I have had <laughs> circus peanuts before. Circus penis is going to have to move on through. <laughs> You're going to be like, wake up in a cold sweat and say, Mom, where are the, can- where are the circus peanuts? Mom. <laughs> and then in our finals of the horrible Halloween candy classic, candy corn versus circus peanuts. And here is where I am stuck. I cannot choose between the two. Candy corn, they're so delicious. They're so crunchy. I love the texture. I like to eat each layer <laughs> individually. So you bite like the the, the top and then you get yep. the middle and then you eat the bottom? <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And 
And and now that I, and you mentioned it, I looked it up. The pumpkin ones, I do remember the pumpkin ones, but mm-hmm. they're not they're they're rare in my neck of the woods. I don't see them as often. Oh, as, really? Okay. Yeah. But man, the the circus peanuts. I have good memories of those. I've nostalgia uh, seeping that's in. The- First person that's ever said that in the world. I have and good I'm, memories of circus peanuts. <laughs> we used to have boxes of them, and I would beg for more. <laughs> I think I think that's what caused the worms in my brain. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the marshmallows. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to pick circus peanuts. The winner of the horrible Halloween candy classic, <laughs> circus peanuts. Angel's number one candy. You heard it here, folks. Circus Peanuts number one. First time ever in any <laughs> type of, in these kinds of lists. It, uh, any final words for Circus Peanuts? I was offered real peanuts when I was still eating Circus Peanuts. And I was like, this is disgusting. Give me my Circus Peanuts. And my parents were shaking their head like, ugh. This boy ain't right. Clenching their fists like this boy, <laughs> this boy, and his circus peanuts. And I, I've seen them recently at a store. So I think next time, when I'm at, I forget that that right at the checkout, what they call that area where it's like the impulse buy section. Yep. yep. At the there's cash wrap. There's, yep. there's some circus peanuts there. I'm going to get them. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to stop me. <laughs> I feel sorry for the. The, the the market that puts circus peanuts in their impulse buy because no one impulse buys circus peanuts unless they've never had them like this these look fun i will I'll give this to my grandchild <laughs> so this week angel we take a look at possibly the scariest entity so far one that isn't in some far off place not found deep in the woods, or even in a jungle on a whole other continent. This one is right smack dab in your house. This one isn't under your bed, though, or lingering in the shadows, pining for the opportunity to lunge out at you. It doesn't even do what you do, Angel. Stand at the end of people's beds and watch them sleep. Your your forgotten hobby that we haven't discussed. That's not meant to be discussed. (laughs) This entity, this one, must be summoned into your home. You are welcoming this monstrosity in, taunting it to attack you, demanding that it shows itself, all for some sort of misplaced sense of bravery. This week, we are looking at the legend known as Bloody Mary. Have you ever played Bloody Mary, Angel? I've heard of... I remember hearing the the whole thing of what you do with Bloody Mary, but I actually never played Bloody Mary. I played the Candyman version, which is the same uh, thing, but with Candyman. Trying to get the the actor to show up in your in your <laughs> yes. bathroom. Yes. <laughs> or in my case, uh, trying to get Mandy Moore to show up. <laughs> Did that ever work out for you? No. 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 Bummer. <laughs> So when you were playing the Candyman version, what was like, what was the expectation when you were doing it? Did I imagine it was when you were younger? Did you expect anything to happen, like the way it was described to you? Like, was there an expectation that some sort of paranormal event would happen? Well, yeah. I mean, it was. I think the same. It was the same idea from the film where he shows up in the mirror with his hook hand and 
tries to hook you to death or something. So when you were doing that, did anything ever happen? Did you ever see anything occur? I never saw anything. This is what happened. The the movie had just come out. Well, maybe it hadn't just come out because we had uh, my grandma's house had cable. So the movie would be playing like on pay-per-view. My cousins were talking about it one day and they were talking about, you know, going to the bathroom and doing the Candyman thing. And they tried to coax me to do it. And I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and I don't know how it ended up happening that I ended up going into the bathroom and they're telling me what I got to do. And I think they spun me around several times oh, before they spin. <laughs> yeah. And then they shoved me in the bathroom and then they closed the door. And then immediately I was like, I'm not doing this. So I'm screaming. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> and I try to open the door and yeah. the door's not opening. And I'm like, what's happening? Let me out. And then eventually the door just opens and I run out and everyone's just chilling. And I'm like, why are you guys holding the door down? And they're like, we weren't doing nothing. It must have been Candyman. <laughs> Candyman held the door. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what must have happened. No other explanation. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> no. My gosh. So now I want to see a... We talked about it, I think it was last episode, but the like the new nightmare for Freddy Krueger where it happens in the real world. Now I want a Candyman exact duplicate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where it happens to the actor. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets summoned and he's like, what's happening? <laughs> And then his doppelgangman version of Candyman is on the other side holding the door. And then chaos ensues. Yes. And then they're like filming a new movie and he's there, but his doppelganger replaces him and it's the real Candyman. He starts killing the crew. My God. Is this like a action hero thing now? (laughs) (laughs) So this whole thing, this is one of those weird things about childhood Especially before the internet. It's like that cool S or the pointy S that kids draw. Like it is some sort of primordial symbol that humans just know. Kids just intuitively know that symbol. I feel like everyone knows of the Bloody Mary game. Do you remember how you ever learned of it? Or like did you hear about it before the Candyman thing? Or I, I think I've after? heard of it. Mm-hmm. I heard about it before the Candyman thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where. I had to have been in school. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, I probably hear about it, but I was never like the kind of person to be like, yeah, I want to do that. Not because I was scared or anything, but just because I was like, yeah, okay, that doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like maybe around sometime in grade school of like between second and fifth grade, I think is where I learned of it, but I don't have any memory of how I learned about it. I remember doing it. Or mm-hmm. attempting it, but uh, I don't remember how the thought ever got put into my brain. <laughs> Maybe Bloody Mary does it. Uh, like, is that a power? She can just <laughs> uh, send the thought into your brain to summon her? Once you reach know. a certain age. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get this boy. <laughs> if any listeners have never tried it at all, the ultimate goal of Bloody Mary is to indeed summon Bloody Mary, an apparition or specter that when summoned will lash out at you, either striking you, cutting you up, possibly ripping your face off, or even killing you. Why would something that you summon kill you, Angel? Is that not wildly aggressive and over-the-top 
for something that you just welcomed into your household. <laughs> well, if if it, if I'm to uh, believe what the movies teach me, most demons that get summoned are always going to attack the summoner for some reason. Mm-hmm. I I never bought that. I'm like, if I can summon the demon, doesn't that make me more powerful in some way? The yeah. demon shouldn't be attacking me. Come on. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> expressing power over it by bringing it into this plane of existence. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I Maybe it is a bit over the top to mm-hmm. get attacked. And it's like instantly, too. <laughs> she like, shows no remorse. She just yep. instantly attacks you. <laughs> there are a few things that we must figure out in this journey. What made Bloody Mary so bloody? Why is she so angry? And why do people keep summoning her into their bathrooms? So, are you ready? Bloody yes. Mm. <laughs> Let us now summon the bloodiest axiom of all, Cotton Eye Joe's Razor. The axiom that states for Bloody Mary to have come from somewhere. She must, therefore, go somewhere. So where did Bloody Mary come from? So believe it or not, Angel, there is no consensus of where Bloody Mary came from. This actually blew my mind her origins are riddled in oral history and it wasn't even until the 1970s that we even had the first written account of bloody mary with the work of folklorist uh, i believe it is uh, pronounced jeanette lingoy for a folk legend as big as this one is it not astonishing to you that it wasn't until the 70s that this thing was even written about the first time it got put on paper was in the 70s the only reason that I can think of is that everyone that attempted this was killed by Bloody Mary. <laughs> is writing her name summoning her? <laughs> well, I'm sure they have to have done the trick before they can write about it. And then they ended up dying. So it wasn't until some smart person in the 70s said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to write mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, never attempted it. I'm just putting stories down on paper. <laughs> Just Janet doing her graduate work in school. She, um, she never attempted it. <laughs> so before our research, like what uh, what year or time period would you have pegged the origins of Bloody Mary being? I always, uh, based on what we've uh, done, I've uh, learned on this show, I'm going to say 1800s. 1800s, yeah. <laughs> Some newspaper. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> didn't write about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saying three local kids were killed in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and their music band books were d- missing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. I still want to look back to see if the mo- those books ever got returned. <laughs> the story of Bloody Mary as we know it today seems to have started roughly around World War II, but has its roots actually in the 1800s. According to Lucia Peters in the 2019 book Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark, it was said that if you walked backward up a staircase in a darkened house at night, passing a mirror as you went, you would see reflected in the mirror one of two things, the face of the person you were destined to marry or a skull. If the skull appeared, it meant that you were destined to die before you got the chance to marry anyone. I have to ask you, Angel, what if you were destined to marry the Grim Reaper and you misinterpreted that message? Oh, man, I guess. Joke's on me, right? Mm-hmm. It's egg <laughs> on your face. 
You just uh, were spooked by the the person you're destined to love. <laughs> but then, how do you marry the Grim Reaper? Like, do you have to be dead? Do you have to summon him, Grim Reaper, Grim Reaper, Grim Reaper, in the mirror? <laughs> Spinning. Is Does the Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure Grim Reaper, is that the one that shows up? Oh, God. Comes with his cello? <laughs> Play some chess with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beat him in Battleship? <laughs> so what do you think of this whole, like, you look in a mirror to see who you marry? And why do you have to walk up the stairs backwards? Walking up the stairs backwards is because, like, you're going back in time. You're un- <laughs> What's that have to do with anything? <laughs> You're undoing, because you know women back then they were supposed to be married by the time, like even before they hit nineteen. Yeah, good, otherwise, like, like fourteen years old, you're not them. married. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna want them. So by walking backwards, they're turning back time, <laughs> especially if they're getting closer to that age. Uh-huh. They're trying to go to their younger days. <laughs> Um, Man, what stress! What stress that you you think that you have to walk up your stairs backwards with a mirror, hoping that you're going to see your future husband or a skull to find out if you die before you get married, and putting this all on like the chance to be married, like it's some sort of great divine <laughs> power. <laughs> yeah, I always wonder what would happen if they've seen the face of a man, and they just don't know who it is, and then after a while. Like, seven years later, you still haven't met him? Do you forget mm-hmm. the face? <laughs> and like, well, that sort of looks like the mirror. It wasn't completely clear. It was in the dark. I was walking upstairs backwards. I just got a glance. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's the one. I suppose I'll love him. <laughs> <laughs> so many wild things in the 1800s, Angel. Mm-hmm. What a time. What a time. <laughs> this ritual is basically scrying a practice of looking into something like a mirror in hopes of noticing some sort of significant message so have you ever attempted to scry something besides bloody mary or Candyman? i actually have so i never made the connection back then but i i did have i'm i'm i made a friend uh, sometime when i was a little bit older he he turned me on to this idea of if you look into the mirror and you kind of just stare into it you eventually start to see stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, no, we got to do it. So we, we, we do it. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. This sounds, this sounds fun. <laughs> Let's do it right now. <laughs> Get <Yeah. in> there. <laughs> there wasn't any, like, uh, I don't think I really got anything out of it. Cause it wasn't like in the dark or anything. Like that. It was just in, 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 in the middle of the day. Like on a weekend, <laughs> just a random Saturday, looking yeah, in some yeah. mirrors. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I th- I think I saw something just to make him feel better because he's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, my face changed, and I'm like, yeah, my too. What does <laughs> <laughs> oh, face change? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. It's I don't. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, <laughs> did he did he say how he interpreted that? Like, um, what a face change means? Mm, no, no. no. God rest his soul. That's, that's that's some heavy things to put on a person. I saw my face change. And you just go along with it? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in the house with him alone. I'm just going <laughs> to. You're just agreeing at that yeah. point. Like, like when yeah. someone says my face changed, you're like, yeah, mine too. Isn't that weird? <laughs> so I actually found a Halloween card from the 1800s online. And it was written on it 
A happy Halloween, he is your fate. Whose face you've seen in the mirror's face on Halloween. So the card itself shows a woman looking into a circular mirror. She's holding a candle, and the reflection shows a dude that looks like Harry Houdini <laughs> uh, in a suit. And it was like, wow, a Halloween card about finding your future husband in a mirror. Why are women looking into mirrors to find their husbands, Angel? Why the mirror? I I mean, I, I can't speak for the women in the 1800s, but I can only imagine there's so much pressure for them to get married. And any little thing, like if a bird's feather lands on you, it means you're going to get married. And, and, oh, don't step on the cracks or you won't get married. I'm sure they have all these things floating in their head. I'm like, oh, God, I got to walk backwards. I got to look in the mirror. I got to make sure a feather lands on me. I got to do all these things. I got to get married. I can't be a... a What's that? An old maid at, at 20. <laughs> yep. The geriatric 20-year-old. <laughs> I wonder, I just had this thought, prior to mirrors, what did women look in to find their husbands? Uh, I'm going to say water. Just reflections yeah. in the water. Yep. That's maybe maybe that's how they, uh, uh, well, not they, but maybe that's the uh, how the legend of, what's his name? Narcissus. Fell into the water, mm. stared at his reflection, and then he saw something. His future wife, <laughs> perhaps. It was himself? <laughs> his, uh, what if there were mirrors in that day? Would he have just walked into the mirror? <laughs> I mean, uh, what, if he, been, what if he didn't die? It would have been safer. <laughs> what world would we been in, be in if if he did not kill himself in the in the water? We probably wouldn't have the word narcissist. Narcissist? Narcissist? <laughs> What a world that would be. <laughs> Over the years, it is believed this tradition of mere divination transformed into what we know on a larger scale as Bloody Mary. But boy, oh boy, does this woman have some more assumed aliases than a person on the run from the law, Angel. You know how that goes. We have a Van Meter visitor situation here. Chad Lewis, not the NFL player, graced us with that name. But there could have been other names. We went deep into that on that episode. We created our own names yep. for the entity. In the same vein, we have Bloody Mary, but she has some other names that really never made it to the big leagues. So let's run the gauntlet and see if any of these are more fear-inducing, more grotesque, more vile than Bloody Mary. We have first Bloody Bones. What do you think of that one? Well, I mean, it tells me something. I don't know if it tells me what. Mm-hmm. Than bloody bones. I get a completely different image of bloody mm-hmm. bones than bloody Mary. Next one is Hell Mary. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Hell Mary's look, she's gonna be coming in with some hell flames <laughs> yes. through that mirror. Like yep. she's gonna melt it. Next is just a slew of just names. Mary Worth. Any thoughts? Okay. Mm, I mean, I mean, not fear-inducing. No. Mary Worth is coming to my mirror. Sounds like like a. Okay. Like a regular person's name mm-hmm. yep i'm i guess i'm concerned why mary worth is in my mirror but not uh <laughs> expecting and her to be bloodied sh- should i know who mary worth is oh, no. like, <laughs> is she a teacher i mean mm-hmm. a next mary worthington uh, oh the librarian the i suppose <laughs> <laughs> next is mary wales any any uh affinity to mary wales i'm looking at the list it's spelled like wales no it's not even spelled like <laughs> The whales, the, uh, the damn ocean mammal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did see a different spelling of it on another website. 
uh, Mary Wales is like screaming. Oh, um, Wales like a banshee. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. when I think of it like that, I'm like, oh, that's that's not bad. Yeah, that puts a little bit different spin on it. I like that one. Next one, the most. Oh, I don't. This could be the worst. Mary Johnson. <laughs> Mary Johnson's in your mirror. Mary Johnson's my neighbor. <laughs> And now she's in my mirror. I, I guess at that point, I'd be really concerned if my neighbor was in my mirror. It's like, what? Is there a connecting wall somewhere? <laughs> Am I in some Vincent Price movie where this is a, a double mirror and he's watching me? <laughs> Next, number seven, Mary Lou. Okay. I mean, I mean, is it a child? I don't know. I, I think child when I hear Mary Lou. Yeah. Number eight, Mary Jane. Oh, no. That that's that rings different in in these times. Mm-hmm. She says, "Go get him, Tiger," <laughs> or uh, gives you marijuana. I don't know. <laughs> she gives you the goat man. I think the I think goat more man people, code word. I think more people want Mary Jane in their mirror if that were the case, or they've had too much. Number nine, Sally. <laughs> Sally, playing playing Sally, Just playing on Sally. That song, um, by Little Richard. Uh, it's coming to me. It's coming <laughs> to me. Little Richard. My... Yeah. That is a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Long Tall Sally. I only know that song because of the movie Predator. <laughs> I relate to everything to movies. It's predator. Yep. Sally is the predator in this situation. <laughs> Number 10. At this point where people have been trying in the names. <laughs> Kathy. Kathy. Number 10 is Kathy. <laughs> It's just women. <laughs> just them. Just throw out a name. <laughs> Number eleven, Agnes. God. Agnes. All, uh, can you imagine, like, being a little kid? Your friends are telling you you're gonna summon this woman in your mirror, and they say you gotta you gotta say the name Agnes into the mirror. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that sounds spooky. <laughs> and then next, number twelve, Black Agnes. At least a little bit more, like, something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then number 13, our penultimate one, is Aggie. Just just variations of Agnes now at this point. <laughs> yep. And then our last one, I, I don't know where this one comes from or why it's on this list, but Svarte Madame. <laughs> Svarte Madame. Isn't that like Svarte Pete? That we talked about? I hope not. Is that, that like Black Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus's demon? Yeah. <laughs> what is this Black Madam? Is that what that means? Is it? Is that <laughs> Swedish again? <laughs> I think so. I could add more to this list. There's Jennifer. There's Lisa. <laughs> Jennifer? There's Lisa. Just, just, just naming names. women's names. This is what right, they're just, doing. You're just saying to the mirror, Lisa, it's your birthday over and over and over again. <laughs> So out of that list of 14, are there any that you're like, that's that's better than Bloody Mary? Or does it make sense now why Bloody Mary was the, the big league name? <laughs> I mean, out of those, yeah. <laughs> Mary Lou? You don't like Mary Lou? <laughs> Mary Lou's going to come and get you. <laughs> Be like, like a Freddy, a it, Freddy poem. <laughs> it leaves me wondering, like, why is Mary Lou coming for me? Who is she? And why do I know her full name? Yeah. There's now no context to why she's evil. She's Mary Lou. <laughs> At least Bloody Mary tells you something. It says, what, mm-hmm. you're expecting some grotesque 
bloody mess to be in your mirror. Aggie does not. <laughs> no. All of these variations lead to the same general idea of Bloody Mary through the years. A chanting ritual into a mirror summons some sort of mirror witch, a woman from some, presumably some other plane of existence. Do you think Mary lives in all of our mirrors, Angel? Or are mirrors a portal to another dimension? And is she just jumping dimensions due to this ritual? What is your impression of the whole mirror thing? I get the impression that, well, first, if Mary lives in all our mirrors, are you implying that there's uh, various Marys? And they're just, every time a new mirror is created, a new Mary? Isn't no, there? there's a single, I am of the opinion, I'm not sure about you now, but I'm of the opinion of a sing, singular Bloody Mary, that the mirror is just her vessel. And by the act of creating mirrors grants her more power. So like the Mothman movie? Oh, it is. <laughs> we got to bash someone in the head with a rock. <laughs> is that Mothman then Bloody Mary? <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> that puts that whole movie in a whole new light. <laughs> to answer your question, I think that mirrors... Or like you said, they're, they're a portal to one dimension. And she, she, she doesn't, except she's not jumping dimensions. I think it's all the same dimension. She just has, for every new mirror, she has access to that entryway now. So it's acting as a portal for her. Yeah. So where is she when she's not summoned to the mirror? She's running in that dimension, you know, keeping her heart rate up. Just cardio. A lot of cardio in mirror dimension. <laughs> Gotta stay fit. One last question just in, on like this mirror thing in general. Why, I suppose like some things about mirrors, especially in, like, in horror movies, mirrors are always this like go-to thing for like a jump scare or something like that. Why Why are mirrors scary in your opinion? I, I think it's, I think the fact is if you, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you have an, a pet that's never seen their reflection and you show them a mirror they go, they go for bonkers. the first time, they freak out. Mm-hmm. My dog uh, growled at himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's this thing of like you see something that you don't realize, like you don't understand why there's something there. And then if you're human, you're going to recognize that that's you. But it's like you look different to yourself. The reason why you look different to yourself is because the reflection is is reversed for you. You you never see your true self, right? Correct. Until, you know, f- camera phones that now correct that, I think. No, they take your soul out of you. <laughs> <laughs> never uh, have your picture taken. <laughs> <laughs> never. What do you, what do you think of? So imagine that you were, you know, way back in the day, living your life, you never see yourself ever. You you've never uh, get a good reflection in the water, I suppose. What do you think of that sort of life? You never, you, you just live your life not knowing what you look like. That's wild. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I would react if I see some reflective surface and see myself looking back. I don't. I, I, like, imagine it's like four, you're like 38 years into your life, and <laughs> that's the first time you see a reflection. Yeah. What do you I mean, do? <laughs> first, you jump away, you know, like a primitive caveman type. 
And you're like, what is that? And <laughs> then you look grunting. at it again. Yeah. Some, some <laughs> tool man grunts. <laughs> you throw rocks at it to see what happens. And you notice that every time you do something, it's doing the same thing you're doing. You're like, what the? <laughs> some sort of demon <laughs> in the water. Yeah. Better dive in and attack it. <laughs> the, uh, the Encyclopedia of American Folklore by Linda Watts states, Most descriptions of this ritual vary somewhat in practice, but descriptions of it involve a procedure of entering an unlit room, usually a bathroom, at night, staring at the mirror and repeating the name Bloody Mary three or more times in succession. Sometimes a declaration of belief such as I believe in you is required to accompany the incantation naming process. Frequently, there's also an interaction among participants, such as finger-pricking and blood-commingling step to hasten the result. The corresponding expectation is that this series of steps will make the image of Bloody Mary, typically the bloodied figure of an adult female who died an unnatural death, visible in the mirror where one's own reflection would usually appear. Is blood-commingling a good idea amongst friends, Angel? Absolutely not. So put yourself back in uh, the shoes of trying to see your face change. And he says, uh, we got a blood commingle before we do this. You know, you say that as a joke, but I'm pretty sure that happened once. Like he asked about making a blood pact. And I don't know how I avoided that. I kind of don't remember. You're like, I have diarrhea. I got to (laughs) go. You don't you don't want my blood, man. Uh-huh. It's it's infected. <laughs> I got worms in my brain, man. <laughs> I like black licorice, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just say that. I mean, he's like, "Oh, say no more. I don't want that." <laughs> so this bloodied figure that appears, who the hell is she? We have a few prime suspects. So Angel, it's time to dust off the old detective gear from the Hinterkaifeck murder episode. It's time to wildly speculate and come to ambiguous conclusions once again. Are you ready? Hail Mary, yes. <gasps> that was a good one. <laughs> I applaud. <laughs> Bloody Mary applauds you. So our prime suspect number one, Queen Mary I of England in the 1550s, known as Bloody Mary in history because of the persecution of Protestants at the time, and the Hail Mary name seems to be directly attached to her as she was a devoutly religious catholic it seems to specifically taunt her do you think she's the one who is appearing in our mirrors when summoned absolutely not do you have any reason for it not a true reason but i was doing my research on queen mary the first i've learned i've I've read about a lot of british history lately mm-hmm. and it's never good None of it's good. Everyone there has been terrible and more and more terrible to each other and to others. And this is a perfect example. Her father, King Henry uh, VIII, was it? Yep, yeah, the Ocho. He, because the Pope didn't want to let him divorce his wife, he says, well, then I'm just going to be the head of a new religion. Yep. He's and like, then they, everyone, converts, Pope. <laughs> everyone converts to Protestant did mm-hmm. Protestantism. So Queen Mary, when she takes reign, she's like, no, we're going to go back to being Catholic. And to all of her Protestant followers, she says, we're going to kill you all because your your souls will be saved that way. I mean, isn't that an altruistic thing to do? She's saving souls. No. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) 
Then her sister, Elizabeth I, is the reigning queen mm-hmm. after her. And she says, no, we're going to go back to Protestantism. What so a confusing time. So then she says to, to all of her Catholic followers, I'm going to kill all of you <laughs> to save your souls. She played the reverse Uno card. <laughs> and I'm like, are there any people left? <laughs> Just, I don't understand. It's like... I don't know what to be anymore. The queen's <laughs> killing everybody. It's the worst. Like, if that doesn't turn you off from religion, then nothing will. Mm-hmm. Just a hell of a scary few years there. All because old Henry wanted to marry, like, seven women. <laughs> and what? Didn't he's he like, kill them all, too? Yeah, he's like, you know, your, your womb's not working for me. I'm moving on. Your womb's not working for me. I'm moving on. Some Henry VIII is just a, a real... Real something. Uh, yeah, and, and his whole lineage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not giving me boys. I need boys. <laughs> Prime suspect number two, Mary Worth, a woman executed for witchcraft. Is that the most plausible or reasonable explanation? Just the general witchcraftiness of her has now put her in mirror work. Um, I, yeah, I mean, witches are supposed to be doing all kinds of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Remember when they cursed or tried to, did they curse the moon or did they uncurse the moon? I can't remember. <laughs> they, they were trying to hex the moon. Yes. Yeah. Um, but nothing happened. So fledgling witches, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm sure like, like in the craft, their hair fell out now or, and other things happened to them. I try again. The moon has many phases. There's many attempts. <laughs> yeah. Which is plausible. I guess it, within the confines of the story, it, it would make sense of, you know, a, uh, a witch being persecuted and then uh, a grisly death, say like burning at a stake or something of that effect, she would want some sort of vengeance. So it would lend into some sort of vengeance spirit or or vengeance ghost that wanted to wreak havoc on others for what was done to her. So I suppose that would make logically sense of why she would attack people that summon her. Prime suspect number three, Mary Wales, a woman supposedly who died in a horrible car accident. The accident left her bloodied and mangled. So I suppose the the, the graphic death of her uh, and like untimely death, her life being taken from her in that unexpected moment made her become a vengeful spirit. What do you think about that one? I mean, I guess that one's just like a story now. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, she died in a car wreck and now she's haunting anybody who summons her <laughs> yeah like, why the the only the, the only thing i don't like about all these stories minus the witchcraft one is like it doesn't explain why she shows up in your mirror now like the witch one is like oh she's a witch right she could do those things but why would queen mary do this why would this mangled accident lady do this i don't yeah why well, is car crash lady in my mirror <laughs> I don't know, like, what what reasoning does she have to be summoned to my mirror? (laughs) Do you have any suspects to add to our prime suspect list of of three so far? Well, I read one. The story goes like this, where this is during the time when people, when they would die, they didn't have 100% certainty of how to test for death. They would hold up a mirror to their uh, to their mouth and see if they could see the breath on there, but this wasn't a a surefire way of testing for this. 
So apparently some people will be buried alive. But in order to prevent this, they would attach like a string to a bell on the coffin so that when the person were, were to wake up from the coffin, they would just pull on the string and the bell would ring and then people would be like, oh, this person's alive. I think, I guess, presumably her name is Mary. She becomes ill, this uh, woman. I guess she becomes so ill that she uh, appears dead. The doctors show up and put the mirror test to see the breath and they don't see it. So they declare her dead. But her family's like so not in disbelief. They want to wait as long as possible to, in hopes that maybe she'll come back, wake up. Days pass. Nothing's happened. So they, okay, bring her in. They put her in the coffin and they attach the bell and everything. But they keep the coffin there before they bury it. So they keep it there for a few more days. Nothing happens. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to just accept that she's dead. They mm -hmm. finally take her to the burial place and they bury her. And then everyone leaves. <laughs> it's at that point that Mary wakes up. Son of a gun. Like <laughs> clockwork. <laughs> and she finds, oh, I'm in the coffin. I got to pull on a little string to ring the bell. But... As it happens, nobody's around to hear the bell ring. So she's frantically pulling on the string. And so I guess it snaps off and the bell. Oh, falls. shit. <laughs> so Her lifeline snapped. <laughs> yeah. So now she's she's freaking out and she starts clawing at the coffin lid in hopes of somehow getting out and she's clawing at it so much that she's her fingers start to bleed and she starts bleeding all over her white dress that they buried mm -hmm. her in mm -hmm. and she's just going at it meanwhile for some reason her father gets the bright idea and says wait a second since she's no longer here we can't hear the bell anymore <laughs> and for some reason i'm i feel like we should go check it out see if the bell is still you know if, if she's not ringing the bell yet so they're like, all right they go to the cemetery they see that the bell had broken off and they're like oh no so they they dig her back out. <laughs> Good thinking on the father for mm -hmm. realizing that they wouldn't be able to hear the bell, right? And it's like, you know what? This is a huge oversight. <laughs> we can't hear the bell from here. <laughs> yeah, so they dig her out. They open the coffin, and they find her petrified with her hands in claw form with blood all over her white oh, dress. I'm sure her, like, jaws a little bit, like, to the left and, like, open. <laughs> well... <laughs> the story I read said they put the, the mirror to her breath to see if they could see her breath on the mirror and they could but she was still s considered dead what? <laughs> she was breathing so why is she dead? Uh, apparently she was petrified she couldn't move so even if she was breathing they're like ah she's dead what a shame and dad's like just well bury her back up just and, and I guess dirt. that final breath test is what moved her soul into the mirrors, and now she's inhabiting the mirrors. Well, that all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Can anyone be blamed for that one? Mary. The rope she, makers? <laughs> the twine she, makers? The <laughs> twine make a, and Mary for not waking up sooner. Yeah, I mean, Mary, come on. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta pull yourself out of that one. <laughs> at, at this point, I'm gonna declare her a New England vampire. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think so. I mean, good <laughs> lord, the vampires in the mirrors now. Can they see themselves? No. <laughs> it all's full circle, just like in ancient days before the mirror. <laughs> Couldn't see yourself if you weren't around water. 
<clears throat> they were vampires. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add before we get into where Mary has gone? I'd like to make a point out a connection I made to this practice of Bloody Mary, and you know, and my friend seeing his face change and all that. <laughs> so there's this thing called the the well the article is called the strange face in the mirror illusion um, <laughs> of an illusion <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've heard of this but the idea is simple you you gaze in the mirror essentially you look at your own face in the mirror uh typically in low lighting and you keep you know you you keep yourself focused you're not like darting your eyes around or anything like that and then eventually you'll start to see your face change, as my friend put it. A lot of scientists attempt to explain it as like this thing called Troxler's effect, in which when you start focusing on one particular thing, kind of everything around the edges of your peripheral vision start to kind of fade out. There's it's other... Fuzzy. Yeah. There's other um, things they, they use to kind of explain what's going on. I forget what it's called. But like different things that the brain does when you're viewing something. But the whole point is that they're like, yeah, this is totally normal seeing your face change kind of thing. But it still freaks people out when they do it, right? You watch yourself in the mirror and you're like, whoa, I don't recognize it. And then the idea that you're priming, which is when you're mm-hmm. told about the Bloody Mary thing, you're, you kind of have this preconditioned idea of what's supposed to happen. Yep. So if you start doing the Bloody Mary thing and you're telling yourself, you're told that, oh, you know, this woman is going to appear and she might claw your eyes out or she might attack you or whatever. So if you do the the thing, you go into the uh, bathroom mirror, uh, maybe you have a candle lit, and you're saying Bloody Mary either three times or however many times, because I think I've read somewhere where it's like you're just saying Bloody Mary over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets you into a trance, because it's kind of like a mantra. Like, like self-hypnotization. Yeah. So once that's happening, you're staring at your face. You're kind of in a focus mode. You're going to start to see your face change. And the moment you see your face change, you freak out because you're thinking, oh, this is Bloody Mary. And then Mm -hmm. you stop it all. Mm -hmm. And then you just get out of there. So you don't let it continue and you don't let it do its thing. Why would you, right? Yeah, (laughs) Bloody Mary's there. (laughs) But I offer another alternative theory. In the occult Western tradition, specifically hermetic tradition, they use mirrors for their practices. So I don't know if you're familiar with what hermetic tradition is or Western traditions in general. It's essentially the practice of the occult, occult magics. It's not as weird as people think it is. Like, it's not like you're summoning demons or anything. The whole point of these kind, these traditions are essentially to achieve your higher self and self-actualize and be the best you can be kind of thing. Like a enlightenment yeah, sort of thing. Exactly. So in the Hermetics tradition, they, they use mirrors. I'm using, I'm looking at the book, The Initiation into Hermetics. This is specifically by Franz Barden. So this is the Barden School of initi- uh, of Hermetics. So it might differ if somebody else has a different uh, version of it. Just know that this is the Barden version. So don't come at me. With your nonsense. Hashtag them. <laughs> um, so they, the Barda, um, the books is talking about how they, they believe in this principle called the Akasha principle, which comes from Sanskrit. And they kind of appropriated the word to mean something similar to what 
Christians use to mean God. So Akasha is essentially everything that is not the physical, right? <laughs> Don't let Queen Mary hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm going to have to kill all my uh, Akasha believers. <laughs> so one of the things it says here is that a magician must always be friendly and obliging and must help others whenever he possibly can and assist with advice and deeds. Be generous, considerate, accommodating, and discreet. He must be free of ambition, haughtiness, or arrogance, and boastfulness. These passions will reflect in the Akasha, and since the Akasha principle is in possession of the analogy of harmony, the Akasha would place the greatest obstacles into the magician's path to impede his further development. More seriously, the Akasha can make it completely impossible for him to develop any further. So it's essentially saying that if you have non-virtuous ideals and you want to enter this practice, something's essentially going to try to stop you from f- further development. Then it mentions the there's a novel written by Edward bulwer Lytton called Zanoni, who essentially mentions this thing called the Guardian of the Threshold. That kind of took off. A lot of the occult practices now use the guardian of the threshold or the watcher of the threshold as a concept that is similar to what this Akasha thing is from specifically the part where it's going to provide obstacles. The Hermetic Initiation Book says, Therefore, the guardian of the threshold makes certain that the high or holy mysteries will not be made available to the immature and ignoble. Then... Uh, another book, Paths of Wisdom by John Michael Greer. There's a section on the, the guardian of the threshold. This is the sentence that kind of made me think, make this connection. The section is talking about how uh, reasons why a magician would uh, or a person would go into learning magic, right? For those that don't know, magic is usually spelled with a K at the end to differentiate it yep. from like stage from magic. Illusion magic, yeah. So he says one of these or one of these reasons is an attraction to magic as a mask or pose, an image that can be used to replace one's own reflection in the harshly lit mirror of self-perception. Hmm. So it's a very, it's, it's you know, metaphoric language. But that term harshly lit mirror replace one's own reflection. That to me is what we just talked about. It's looking into the mirror and dim lighting and seeing your face change. So I say that the guardian, the guardian of the threshold is that thing you see in the mirror when you practice this. And the reason it freaks people out is because it's doing its job. It's like you're Mm -hmm. not mature enough to continue on this path. So when you see that face change and you stop, it's like, yeah, it's doing its job. Only Mm -hmm. the people that are in the know would would know or would understand that this this thing is going to happen. And you're supposed to just push through it. And to further explain what this guardian really is doing, uh, the book Between the Gates by Mark Stavish says, it calls the terror of the threshold, which is this terror that you feel, says the terror is induced by our coming face to face with the guardian of the threshold or the collective energies of our subconscious, the summation of our past experiences in this life and all others in a single form. This form is our creation and is our personal devil. It is our judge and jury and also the means by which we understand the purpose of our life. It is this internal emotional incongruity 
that is the source of all failure in occult practices and in material circumstances. My theory goes that this thing that we experience is not really Bloody Mary, but it's the guardian of the threshold himself. And if anyone is interested, you can do the get into the hermetic stuff and they kind of their practices are you you have a mirror in front of you. Once you're ready, you're supposed to kind of go through that mirror and experience what's on the other side. And if the thought scares you, that means you're not mature. You're not ready enough. You're, yeah. you're getting uh, a gatekeeped by the Guardian. Yep. You have to expand your knowledge first to understand what's going on before you get to that level. Exactly. And on the other side, you don't need eyes where we're going. Nope. Just mm. your sixth sense. Yep. With Sam Neill. Just he, he gets you to the other side. He's a shepherd. <laughs> um, no, it's some really neat ideas. And then I was also thinking like, well, the the Bloody Mary that you see is just the manifestation of, uh, you know, that guardian because you have been primed by others to expect that to be seen in the mirror. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like the same idea with a lot of like electronic voice phenomena and ghost hunting stuff is mm-hmm. the, some sort of voice heard on uh, on a recording and you are primed to hear by the person that recorded it to say this is what this thing this is what this entity said and so they tell you what it says before you listen to it and so your mind's already primed to hear that specific thing so in a lot of that stuff it's sort of like if if you want to believe it of listen to it first before the uh, the author of it tells you what they heard so that way it makes more sense that, you know, you ha- your mind has been primed of what it says. You you go in blind and aren't expecting to hear that specific thing. And see if both of you hear the same exact thing is more compelling than this is what this thing says. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bloody Mary, a guardian of the threshold? <laughs> the guardian? So uh, is there only one guardian or is it like each person has their own guardian? Well, I guess based on what what I was reading, it sounds like it's everyone has their own. So I guess is the guardian like your own subconsciousness of like you you maybe on a subconscious level know you're not ready yet. Yeah, and that's the idea. You're protecting yourself from you know danger. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. The best theory so far, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us now turn to where has Bloody Mary gone? And here's the thing, Angel. She hasn't gone anywhere. She's just still out there in the ethereal plane, just waiting to be summoned to some poor schmuck's mirror. Today, Angel, on this episode, we are those poor schmucks because we're going to attempt to summon Bloody Mary. We (laughs) shall follow the directions and dangerous games to play in the dark book. So let's read through them so we know what we're doing before anything gets out of hand and our <laughs> listeners out there are curiosities you can play along to at home so how to play choose your playing space you may play this game in virtually any indoor setting the only requirement is that your playing space be capable of total blackout conditions with no light bleeding in from the outside an interior room without windows such as a bathroom is ideal if the only option available is to have windows, be sure to block them fully. So next, gather your supplies. You will need a candle, matches, or a lighter, and a mirror. Next, 
Wait until nightfall, then bring your supplies to the playing space and enter it alone. If you haven't already prepared the room, block the windows, set up the mirror if necessary, turn out the lights, light the candle, and place it in front of the mirror. Next, face the mirror. Make eye contact with yourself. Be brave. Be fearless. Take a deep breath. And when you are ready, begin repeating the name Bloody Mary. Say it aloud beginning softly by adding volume with each repetition. Repeat it once, twice, thrice, all the way up to 13 <laughs> repetitions. 13 is the magic number, magic without a K, magic number. Speak the 13th repetition with finality, then stop. Next, look in the mirror. Look harder. What do you see? Is it just yourself? Are you sure? Look again, but stand back. Do not place yourself within arm's reach of the mirror. She might scream at you, but you can handle screaming. <laughs> Those are our instructions to summon Bloody Mary. Are you ready? Well, I'm going to have to make some modifications to those rules, but yes. You can't modify. <laughs> this is how to play the game. <laughs> it's all about the game and how you play it. So you are in your space. I mean, good thing you, you got to read through all the instructions first, as all instructions are intended to be read, because, my God, at the end, don't place yourself within arm's reach of the mirror. That's the, like the second to last line of everything. Well, that's one of the modifications. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We both have to hold our mirrors. I mean, you brought a gargantuan mirror that could be placed to uh, freaking... Uh, Archimedes could have used it to burn down <laughs> other ships that's so large. Yep. Uh, I do have to make some modifications. I'm not sure about you, Angel. I uh, own no matches. I don't think I have any lighters, so I can't do that part of it. No candles here. And I'm also within arm's length of my uh, mirror because... I'm also not going to be saying the name progressively louder because people are sleeping. No, you gotta scream it. Scream it like your <laughs> goddamn life depends on it. I am in my space. Are you in your space? I am in my space. Objective one, complete. Objective two, gather your supplies. We have our supplies? Yep. Objective two, complete. Objective three, nightfall? I believe so. To my best understanding of uh, the sun, yes. <laughs> complete. Objective four, face the mirror. Are you facing your mirror? I sure am. Make eye contact with yourself. Are you brave? I am brave. Are you fearless? I am fearless. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Did we let it out? It didn't say to. <laughs> oh, no. And when you are ready, begin repeating the name Bloody Mary. So you can say it softly uh, just a little bit. And then, I mean, you don't have to be at screaming volume, I hope. Because that's that's aggressive to the mirror. Got to respect it. Respect your tools. We are repeating it up to 13 times. Bloody, Bloody Mary, Mary. Bloody 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 Mary. Did you did you drop your mirror? No. My face changed. 
and that was all I unlocked. Ten. <laughs> I looked hard. I'm looking harder, harder, and I have not seen anything. <laughs> it did not. I did not summon. But your face changed. Uh, yeah, I started looking like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> your face like elongated. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like a, a potato or something. <laughs> Bananas and potatoes are similar things to you? <laughs> your, your brain is riddled with worms. <laughs> like, it got longer or it potatoed like outwards and... <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, like a uh, like a mixture of a blobfish and a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't drop your mirror in fear? No. <laughs> well, the instructions were to be brave and be fearless, so you follow the instructions. I suppose we just didn't increase our volume because I was very focused on saying the name and looking at myself. I, I, I couldn't concentrate on increasing my volume until the very end. So that's a lot of steps. So that's hard. I, th- I think it's easier if you don't have to hold the mirror. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> what do you think that is? Well, I suppose it didn't have, it didn't have the matches. didn't have the candles. We did everything wrong. I mean, I mean uh, the whole, I guess, the, the the scientific method here, it uh, it didn't work. We weren't prepared. We didn't follow instructions. And as as was heard through my reaction, I am not mature enough to cross over. Your guardian said, uh-uh-uh. Your guardian is the guy from Jurassic Park. And he's just waving his finger at you in the mirror. Yep. Yep. They never say that, that you'll laugh everyone's always assuming you're gonna get scared but laughter's also gonna take me mm-hmm. out of it mm-hmm. and sometimes when people are scared they laugh angel you just learned about yourself <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm scared but okay <laughs> i saw the fear you broke rule number four you were not brave you're not fearless <laughs> let's now go into the rubric of power for bloody mary the powers what do you have right off the bat i have here well i found a website that lists uh bloody mary's skills and hobbies what she has hobbies in the mirror world <laughs> i don't know why they call them hobbies like your but... your type of hobbies or <laughs> no so i'll read to you the power and skills that's their list skills and hobbies that's amazing ghostly abilities and mirror teleportation those are her skills. Her hobbies are scratching out her victim's eyes, <laughs> drinking what? the blood of her victims, cursing her victims, strangling her prey, and stealing the souls of her victims. Oh, I'm, she's taking souls now. She's a soul taker. Mm, apparently. What's she um, do with them? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe she. that's what allows her to travel to more mirrors. She's like Spawn. She has a finite amount of uh, magic to use, her energy to use. Mm-hmm. She's got to use her soul coins. Uh, yeah. I. So the reason I gave her this score, 2.75, is because, you know, she's violent. She's aggressive. But also, she doesn't do anything until you summon her. Like, she's not out there already. So if you don't summon her, you're safe. Simple. Yeah. I mean, don't do it. <laughs> the, the thing, this thing, this entity, this Bloody Mary can possibly 
I read, suck you into her mirror realm. You can mm-hmm. go into the mirror with her. Uh, what the hell do you do in the mirror realm, Angel? You die. Well. You die there. That's what <laughs> I mean. You know how to survive in the mirror realm? Tell me. Listen, maybe I'm Bloody Mary. You see, <laughs> you're just incognito. One time, my niece and nephew, we were p- playing hide and seek, and uh, am I am I at their grandma's house? And they have strategically placed mirrors, uh, mirror doors, and so my nephew saw me through the <laughs> mirror, and he's I don't know what and he your saw. Your face changed. <laughs> I don't know what he saw, but I went to hide somewhere. So when he came <laughs> looking for me, he's like, "Where did he go?" And, and then I was, I was watching where he was so I can like creep behind him and he wouldn't notice. And so then when he finally went to look for me again, I was hiding in one of those doors and then he just saw me come out of it because the door was kind of half open and he was at a certain angle. It looked like I was coming out of the mirror to him. And he says, you're hiding in the mirror world. Like. <laughs> Dude, I never taught him anything about he, Mirror World. He barely knows about the Mirror World. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess I was. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> and then he starts telling me that he's now learned how to enter the Mirror World himself. <laughs> uh, is... <laughs> I need to know how this conversation goes further. What happens next? <laughs> he, he tells me it's, there's a lot of crystals in there. <laughs> Like, where is this coming from? <laughs> What's what do you do with the crystal? Like crystals, like like the crystals you could like fit in the palm of your hand, or they huge? I don't know. I wasn't in there with. <laughs> and and his sister is jealous because she's like, I can't go into the mirror <laughs> world. Because <laughs> her guardian won't let her. She's not ready. <laughs> yep. Oh my God! He's been to the mirror world and he knows how to survive. He's been, been probably back. he's probably For met now. Mary. She's enjoys the company, I guess. Oh, it's like one of those scenarios where like kids will be like okay with ghosts. They'll be like, yeah. a, a person with a head missing, and they're like, oh, there's his name, Headless Bob, yeah, Jackson or something like that, and, and everyone else is scared, but they're like. The mm-hmm. kid's just fine with it. <laughs> just another day for the kid. Yeah. This this kid's going to Mirror World, and he's okay. <laughs> and he witnessed you walk out of it, which, I mean, may gravely now be concerning that <laughs> he thinks you're part of the Mirror World, and he's living in this reality where the Mirror World is, is, is real. I want to keep him thinking that for as long as possible. This is your Santa Claus? <laughs> yes. The mirror world. Ah, <laughs> oh, so she can also because I haven't given my score on this yet. She can also rip off your face, kill you, uh, also make you just descend into madness by seeing her. She mm-hmm. can basically do whatever she wants to do if you summon her. So some versions of it say that she can actually come out of the mirror as well. So what forces her to go back in, Angel? Is there? other rules that state she needs to go back in after 60 seconds is she like confined by time to go back in the mirror maybe uh, sunrise 
<laughs> Sunrise? Yeah. <laughs> Darn, she turns into stone. What if what if she just stayed in our realm forever after being summoned? Can you imagine that chaos? If she still has her powers. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like she chooses to go back in. <laughs> but if That's she chooses choice. to go back in, she can't come back on until she's summoned again. Mm-hmm. So she accepts that those terms because she's so powerful. She knows what she will do <laughs> if outside the mirror. So wow. I gave her a three and a half above average. Almost wow. exemplary. How about then the detectability of Bloody Mary? All right, this, this one may be controversial. <laughs> I gave her a one. <laughs> for obvious reasons. What? A one? Yeah. You need to detect her. Just summon her. That's it. That, she's there. She's not hard to find. <laughs> Simple as that. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her not a one, not a two, not a 2.2. I gave her a 2.25 angel because she must be summoned so you can even see her. You know she is coming, so you are prepared for her arrival. But with that being said, she still is able to kill people. So that's mm-hmm. some great stealthiness on her side. You know she's coming and she still kills you? You summoned her and she still kills you? I mean, can, is she really that powerful now that I think about it? It's only kids summoning her. Nobody's going in there like wearing armor or well, coming in with prepared. guns. Well, they're not prepared. Because they read the, the instructions. They didn't say to bring weapons <laughs> to defend yourself. Well, they need to stop <laughs> reading those instructions. They're dangerous. They're getting kids well, killed. The whole book's dangerous games to play in the dark. <laughs> it primes you for being... It's this. You're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. It even had a level. It said very dangerous, I think, in the category for this <laughs> section of the book. Very dangerous. Oh, How boy. about the lore and mystique of Bloody Mary? The lore and mystique. I absolutely love the fact that we don't have an origin story Mm -hmm. for this very rare we think it's mary the queen we think it's this other mary i've i've read somewhere that sometimes it was attributed to mary queen of scots yep but it's like hey she didn't do anything bad what are you guys doing so (laughs) i've read somewhere her name just happens to be mary (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was attributed to elizabeth bathory who doesn't have mary in her name at all but it she's a you know female vampire yeah bloodbathing Mm-hmm. So it's 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 almost like the Joker in the Dark Knight with his origin story always changing. Mm-hmm. So which one do you believe? I also like the fact that it was never written down until what the seventies. <laughs> seventies, yeah. None of this was was this all an oral tale up until that point? All oral tradition that just you know gets around the whole damn country how do the i don't understand how these things happen sort of of something this specific but i suppose it wasn't really that specific hence all the names that we went through of <laughs> somewhere in some suburbia somebody said sally is who we're going to summon and they're like okay and then they kept passing that along and that name got out there into the ether speaking of the variations these are some of the things that people say other than just bloody mary they would say things like, I believe in Mary Worth. Mm-hmm. Or, Kathy, come out. I demand it, Kathy. Come on out. <laughs> this is my favorite. Bloody Mary, I killed your baby. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, also taunting, supposedly, then, uh, Queen Mary because of her inability to get a baby to term. Oh, see, I, I wasn't aware of that one. But yeah, I think all of those things are quite fun mm-hmm. for me. I gave it a three. I was completely the same. I love just how, like, it is able to spread and, like, so many different variations of it all at that point on an oral tradition level. And, you know, people are trying it over and over and again. And, and some people say it worked for them. Did it? Or, like, are they lying? Like, that's like that's fun sort of storytelling. So yeah. I, I did it, Angel. I dropped a four on <laughs> lore. Lore and Mystique is a four. How about then cunning and intelligence, a Bloody Mary? The most controversial uh, category. Is she human? Is she? I mean, she was once called Bloody Bones. Is she a skeleton? <laughs> a human skeleton? Or a dinosaur? Who knows? <laughs> Can you imagine if what you said? Like, you summon a dinosaur? <laughs> and it just attacks you for no reason. It's a velociraptor? <laughs> Sam Neill's in the mirror, too? Yeah, so I treat, I treat Bloody Mary as, I guess, human, human-like. Or at least sentient in some mm-hmm. way. She she follows a pattern. You summon her, she attacks. Although there have been a few things I found in my research that sometimes it's said that if you summon her, she might be friendly. Yeah, like a helpful Bloody Mary? What? <laughs> what? Incarnation? Yeah. Like what scenario does that entail? <laughs> right? What does she do to help you? <laughs> I can't Maybe. even fathom that. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it depends on, on the time of day that you summon her that she's feeling nice. Like, between five, well, it has to be nighttime. Does she abide by time zones? I guess <laughs> she must. I don't know. It, we're getting to, like, Rougarou levels of, of rulings here. <laughs> yep. Does, can she eat after midnight? Yep. I mean, are there? If you put pennies by the mirror, does it keep her at bay? <laughs> <laughs> the reason I didn't give it as... The highest score that I could possibly give it is simply because it goes with the same as the powers, where it's like she can only be summoned. Otherwise, she's uh, to me, she seems in, unable to do anything. Like, who, who knows what she's doing in the mirror dimension, but she's not coming out of there until somebody's summoning her. So I gave her a three in cunning intelligence. Respectable. That is a above average score, a three. I, I'm rolling that. Uh, I'm treating her as human intelligence. She just has to abide by the rules of the summoning ritual. So I'm not holding that against her in her own intelligence. So I'm giving her a four. Dropping another four. How about <laughs> impact on pop culture then for Bloody Mary? This was wild, right? Roller coaster. <laughs> she, I mean, besides the whole not knowing what the origins of her namesake came from. There was a a few films, Urban Legends, Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. Bloody Mary. Well, even just the original Urban Legends movie. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a a scene where they're trying to summon her. Yeah. Dead Mary, the legend of Bloody Mary. (laughs) Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. All these sound like... Sci-fi originals, <laughs> Ghost Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. I mean, that's the one I want to watch. Is that like a 
Go, like Ghostface Killer? <laughs> the artist? The rapper? It says it's a, a group of ghost hunting YouTube YouTubers that are called by a school to calm down <laughs> school. the students after Bloody Mary appears. Is that the newest TikTok cha- trend? The challenge? Is <laughs> the Bloody Mary challenge? Uh, um, I mean, they've had a charmed episode with, that dealt with a ghost whisperer, supernatural... An X-Files episode that kind of... Yeah. Uh, I think it's like Sizigi or something like that, I think is how it's yeah. said. Yeah. This page lists two books, but I'm sure there's more than just two books based on this stuff. Um, video games have it. Um, apparently, Lady Gaga named the song Bloody Mary. and references mm. Bloody Mary. Um, Do you think there's, there's a, a gunsmith novel where he tries to seduce Bloody Mary? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> Um, there's also Japanese urban legend that's similar, or at least a lot of this, uh, the Wikipedia seems to think so. Um, she apparently haunts school toilets. She moaning Myrtle from Hall, uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> she haunts toilets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, she's going to like see. suck you in like Johnny Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street in his bed. Just <laughs> pulled in i that would be pretty cool <laughs> she, she's got, even got her own backstory being a child who was murdered by a stranger or an abusive parent in a school toilet uh she's got <laughs> also you, she's can you, got different versions as well just like bloody mary does can you imagine being killed by your own parents in a school bathroom what <laughs> scenario does that incur <laughs> so this is hanako-san and in order to summon Hanako-san, you have to enter a girl's toilet, usually on the third floor of a school, knock three times on the third stall, and ask if Hanako-san is present. If Hanako-san is there, she will reply with some variation of, yes, I am. Depending on the story, the individual may then witness the appearance of a bloody or ghostly hand. The hand, or Hanako-san herself, may pull the individual into the toilet... <laughs> Which may lead oh, to hell. Does. What? It's a portal to hell? <laughs> or the individual may be eaten by a three-headed lizard who claims that the individual was invading Hanako's privacy. <laughs> it's wild. What does the... the why is a lizard eating, eating anybody? <laughs> a three-headed lizard. And invading her privacy? They knocked. <laughs> that three-headed lizard is the watcher. Curiously, I knocked off a couple of points off the score because I thought about it and I realized that Bloody Mary... A couple of points, oh my god. (laughs) Well, uh, decimal points. Because I noticed that Bloody Mary, as you mentioned earlier, it's a thing that kids talk about. But once you're an adult, nobody really talks about it unless you're remembering, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, did you ever play with Bloody Mary? Oh, yeah. Nobody ever, like, says, oh, I tried to summer her last week <laughs> nonchalantly. You know, those only kids do that. Is it Thursday? It's my summoning on Bloody Mary night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like it, it only enters the public presence, I guess, when you're making a game or a movie of it. But... It's never really on adults' minds like, let's say, vampires are. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's nobody's just talking about Bloody Mary casually unless you're drinking it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, she doesn't so, like expand beyond adolescence of like an entity that gets mentioned a lot. So I gave it pop culture a three point seventy five. I did actually see some things about like uh, like psychoanalytical things of Bloody Mary of. Uh, the reason why it's so connected to teenagers is because there's so much changing with their bodies uh, because of puberty yeah. and specifically why it's uh, why it's so attached to girls doing this in the mirror is like reasons due to like menstruation and things mm-hmm. like that and um uh, then like people arguing back and forth on an academic level of like no <laughs> it's not about that and it's just, it it's just hilarious to me of like people arguing over menstruation related to <laughs> bloody mary and adolescent <laughs> girls and but then another thing i saw was for adolescent girls was like trying a, a uh, by doing this they are accessing a part of their life where they can try to have power over something and this ritual allows them to try to have power in the in the essence of summoning bloody mary you have power over that entity and it's just like at a psychoanalytical uh level all about expressing power over things that normally they are unable to do and it's one of the first expressions of that which is neat stuff on that level i don't quite understand it or entirely (laughs) believe all of it but it's interesting to talk about i yeah i just don't see why an adolescent if they want to have power over something, summon something that's going to attack them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And why has it got to be about menstruation? <laughs> uh, some things are impact on pop culture. There are a ton of beers out there related to it. Uh, too many mm-hmm. to name. And I am not including the Bloody Mary drink because in my research of that specific drink, it has... Uh, its own overly convoluted history. It is very confusing. Uh, people mm-hmm. cannot even come to a conclusion of where the name of that came from, but it is unrelated to this entity 100% is my understanding of it in my research. So everything else you completely covered, especially the urban legend movies, uh, which I never have seen any of them. <laughs> I think I've seen bits and pieces of the first one and that's mm-hmm. it. For some reason, like I was thinking of it when I was doing my research of Urban Legend, uh, like uh, saw the movie Ur- Urban Legends, and then like the first thing my mind jumped to was uh, Jeepers Creepers, and I was like, "Well, that's not the same movie." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's around the same era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my impact on pop culture, just because I think the overarching oral tradition that helps spread this thing is the thing that impacted me the most of how so many people unrelated to each other know of the same exact story or essence of the story i am giving it a four in impact on pop culture mm-hmm. which may be the second time that has ever happened on par with santa claus <laughs> so what do you add up to here angel i've got here a 13 and a half and I am at a Jonathan Frakes Factor Fiction 17.75. Wow. Wow. Uh, puts us at, for Bloody Mary, a 15.625. That's like up there, like Stakini levels maybe? Yeah, it's higher. It is higher than Stakini. It is higher than Slenderman. S. Slenderman. Slenderman. <laughs> Slenderman. Um... <laughs> Did Bloody Mary sign the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> I mean, she's old enough, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it depends on which Mary you're going with. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's see. It's high. She's higher than Wendigo. It's Takini. She's higher than Crystal Skull. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> you have my heart palpitations of how high did we rank Crystal Skulls? <laughs> higher than Slenderman. Uh, higher than Philadelphia Experiment. Right underneath Vampire Panic. What the, what was that rated? 15.75. Dang. Well, that did have its own Rubrica Power Special Collector's Edition, so it was a different <laughs> ranking. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Curiosities, it's time to summon Twitter by repeating its name three times. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. You'll find yourselves on Twitter following us at Cracking Curios. Make sure to tweet stuff at us because why not? Hashtag Cracked Cryptids. If you want to tweet at your favorite celebrity who you may think knows about Bloody Mary or other cryptids, do it. Why not? I'm not going to stop you. I mean, we didn't even mention it, but a Tim Allen Bloody Mary Claws movie? (laughs) Trying to avoid the claws. (laughs) No. (laughs) And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. You can send us an email, crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Tell your friends to listen to us. Who knows? Maybe more famous people will listen to us and want to be on our show because why not, right? (laughs) And now, as we say our goodbyes, I want you to look into the mirror. As you are looking into the mirror, your eyes will soften up a little bit. Your lighting will dim just a little bit more. And as I always say, toodles, toodles, toodles. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. And I will continue to eat it until I like it.